What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's early, uh, what is it, early Tuesday, I guess? Yeah, you could say late Monday, early Tuesday, however you want to say it there. Uh, you guys are listening to episode 420. That's right, weed heads. It's a number you all like. Um, and I just got back from Syracuse, got a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, got a busy show. Uh, I'll read some stuff from you guys. I have an unacceptable. I want to talk about Syracuse. I want to talk about an incredible podcast that I am listening to, a true crime podcast, which is actually blowing my mind. Uh, I can't stop thinking about it to the point where I'm obsessed with it. You would think I was a, a fucking detective in the middle of the night. I was literally online looking at like video surveillance from a crime that happened in 2009. Uh, in Nashville, so we're going to be talking about that. Of course, the huge Yankee series uh, with the World Series or going to the World Series on the line, uh, the ALCS uh, series is tied with the Houston Astros with the next three games being in New York. We'll talk about that. We'll, uh, We'll talk about some stuff. I got a hamster update for you guys, so a lot of stuff to talk about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you may be on this beautiful autumn day here in um in New York. I love it. It's the best. There's really nothing better. There's really nothing better than you know, October and November and all that shit. It's just, you know. I don't understand how you don't like sweatpants, a, a comfortable hoodie, a nice light jacket. You know, you could be way more fashionable this time of year cuz you have so many different options, but then there are days where it still is in the 70s even high 70s sometimes, so you could still kind of feel like almost like summer, like not jump in a pool. I just don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. But anyway, uh, we could argue about that another time. be funny if I just sat here and started shitting on people that didn't like the favorite, uh, my favorite uh, season. Guys, I was in Syracuse, New York. Okay, now I'm going to come out and say, yes, I've made fun of Syracuse. Yes, I've seen some wild trashy shit in Syracuse. I would be lying if I said that I didn't. And I am not going to lie, this last time um, (laughs) did not disappoint. No, I'm just kidding. I first of all want to say thank everybody who came out to the Funny Bone in Syracuse. Um, It was, you know, a lot of fun. And the the people that came out to see me, man, the diehards coming up to me afterwards saying that they listened to the podcast and taking pictures. I really appreciate it more than you guys know. So thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Saturday night, we were almost sold out. Um, and then, um, you know, Friday was even good. It was just it was just great. And uh, people came out. So I want to talk about it. Now listen, Syracuse definitely has its nice areas. It's kind of beautiful. It's got this really nice kind of country, you know, hometown community feel to it. And then obviously, like everywhere else, there's bad there's bad areas. But the drive up there is beautiful, man. Like the mountains and all this stuff. It really is, it really is a nice place. And when you go there, I wanted to find out what to do, where to go, what to do. So of course, I went to Dinosaur Barbecue. Now, for you people that don't know Dinosaur Barbecue, it's famous. The mac and cheese is insane. Okay, I was literally thinking about you know when you eat something. And you just think about it for a long time. And then years later, you're like, oh, I remember the mac and cheese there. That's It's been on my mind. It's kind of like how I am when I know my wife or kids have gummy bears upstairs and I'm watching something and I don't want them. I know they're up there, so all I'm thinking about is going up there and getting the gummy bears. That's what it is. Whenever I go to upstate New York or the Syracuse area, I should say, I think of uh, Dinosaur Barbecue's macaroni and cheese. But I did the whole thing. I did the pick three. I got the brisket. I got the ribs. I got the, the the quarter chicken. I got the beans. I got the mac and cheese. Great time. Uh, went over there with Mitch Burrow. Mitch Burrow is a comedian. He's also a, he's a comedian. He gets stage time at the Comedy Store. He's a door guy at the Comedy Store. Super funny dude. Uh, Ex-Marine. Really funny stand-up. Uh, great time. So I said to him, hey, dude, you want to go to Dinosaur Barbecue? Now... Here's where the unacceptable comes in, okay? And this is, and this made me realize something. And ladies, I'm really not trying to go at you here on this podcast, okay? I'm not, 
Disclaimer, I'm not. I know that there can be assholes, um, dudes too. Okay, I know there could be asshole waiters, but as a comedian, and I know this is going to come across bad, this is going to come across sexist and misogynist, but I'm just telling you from my experience, okay? I could feel you guys like leaning in, listening right now. <laughs> um, Ted Alexandro, the great Ted Alexandro said that 98%, was it, 98% of hecklers are female. And he's 100% right. The majority of hecklers, it's just always been that way. It's actually really not debatable. I've been doing this for many, many years. Uh, everybody I talk to, even maybe a decade longer than me, that I know, legendary comedians, it just is what it is. Um, particularly, I guess you could say white women who you know drink and get loaded and they hear something and they just go, no. That's not that fuck you. You know, all this stuff. They can't take a joke um, or whatever. It just happens to be that way. You know, it's a selfish, shitty thing. It is what it is. Um, but I go to Dinosaur Barbecue. Now, I know what you're saying. Heckling and being drunk in a comedy club has nothing to do with a waitress at a barbecue restaurant. No, it doesn't, but it kind of does. Because you could see the type of person that this was. And I'm like, oh... She'd be a nightmare if she was in an audience because she's all about herself. And I'm going to tell you what happened. I go into Dinosaur Barbecue on a Friday afternoon. I'm excited. Uh, the other comedian, Mitch, was not with me yet. I had texted saying I was going. He didn't respond. He was sleeping. So then he says to me, uh, hey, are you still there? But I'm going to get into that in a second. So... I go and I'm just waiting and I'm looking at people and I'm just trying to say, hey man, one, just me. Should I sit at the bar? One, is there a table? One. No, Paul, they say to me, uh, go all the way around and go to the hostess booth on the left. Now, they didn't have to do that. They could have just looked around and talked to somebody, but they make me walk and then I'm standing there and there's a waitress holding a huge tray of stuff and she goes, excuse me, very rudely, and I look and I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They told me to stand here and I move out of the way and she goes... And of course, when they seat me, she goes right here. She actually almost like rolled her eyes and was disgusted that I was sitting down there. Now I'm going, wait a minute. Is this bit, is this, wait a minute. Is she mad at me because they told me to stand somewhere and then she walked up with a tray of food? Like, why is she, I could already tell she's annoyed and we didn't even have conversation one yet. Not even conversation one. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and then she finally walks over, and she goes, hey, can I get you something to drink? And I go, sure. And I was going to say, I'm sorry I was standing in your way, but I didn't. I just said, Let, let's just see where this goes. She comes across, and this is how I know that she was a piece of shit. Because she comes over nice and with this fake smile and whatever, and goes like, uh, hey, can I get you something to drink? And I go, yeah. I go, you have unsweetened iced tea? And she goes, yeah, I have unsweetened iced tea. I go, can I get unsweetened iced tea? And if you can... Can I just get, if possible, uh, like a splash of lemonade? And I even think I said, would that be okay? And she goes, yeah. And then she walks over to the, the, the drink machine and I see her like roll her eyes. Like she's disgusted with the fact that I either am sitting in her section or that I asked for this and she's just acting like this phony jerk. And it's like, I wanted to be like, bitch, I could see you. You know what I mean? Like, I see what you're doing right now. You're rolling your eyes. You're, you're completely, you're, I don't know what's going on with you. All right. Then she comes over and she, and now, but now, now this is where she really hates me because she already hates me. This is where she really hates me. Uh, as she goes to get my drink, first of all, she stood there in front of me purposely and held the drink with ice. She could have leaned over and poured it and brought it to me, but instead she was talking to some dude that works there with just ice in the cup taking forever. During this time, Mitch replies to me, hey dude, did you leave yet? I just woke up and I said, I um, just got here, but I didn't order if you want me to wait. He goes, cool, I'll be there in a few minutes. So then she finally pours my drink, this asshole, gets back to me and she goes, can I take your order? And I go, yeah, I go, um, actually somebody's supposed to come and meet me in five minutes, but should I just put my order in anyway or should I wait? She goes, I would wait, I would wait. And then I go, all right then, I'm sorry. And then um, she looks annoyed 
And I go, no, 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 he just told me. I just found out like five minutes ago. And she goes, no, 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 that's fine. It's fine. And she walks away all rude. And I'm literally texting Mitch going, this bitch, that's going to be our waitress, blah, 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 this and that. And then I saw what happened. Then another waitress came in and they like changed because this one wanted to leave. She was off the clock. So she wasn't mad at me for standing in front of her when she had a tray of food. She wasn't mad at me for ordering the iced tea. Uh, She actually got happy when I said, should I wait? Because then it let her go, okay, now I could clock out. So she was just trying to leave. But still an asshole. Still an asshole. And then I say to somebody, "Uh, we're getting another waitress? And she goes, yeah, and she's real nice. And I go, oh, so you're saying she's nicer than this one? She goes, well, I didn't say that. But I go, but you kind of implied it. And then the other one comes up and she looks, what do you guys want? She like yelled across the way. I don't know if it was a joke. Anyway, um... I'm going to go ahead and just say this, and I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't because I already said dinosaur barbecue. I'm going to say that the service at dinosaur barbecue in Syracuse, a couple of the waitresses really sucked. One was really nice, and a couple really sucked. And it was annoying. It was really annoying because, like, I'm all excited. I got the stupid tourist look on my face. I'm like, oh, I'm taking pictures outside. I'm Instagram in the front of it, dino barbecue, all this stuff. I'm all excited. And then I walk in there and it's just shitty local employees who suck. And I wanted to just be like, you want to know something, chick? You want to know something? I'm fucking headlining the mall here, okay? So you could treat me all you want, but I'm going to be I'm gonna be telling jokes next to the footlocker over here, lady, okay? You don't even know who you're dealing with over here, all right? Yeah. Couple of, you know couple of steps past the food court, you can see some really good comedy. That's what I'm doing over here. You're going to treat me like that. Next time I come in here, you treat me with respect. So that annoyed me. That annoyed me. Um, the food was very good. I, I could have done without the brisket. The brisket was too much. You know when you just order, you overorder, you overeat? That's what I did. I overordered. Um, but I was there, went in Rome. But absolutely unacceptable, rude. She never even said like... She never even came over and said like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to clock out. But somebody, but, and, and even if she did, she didn't do it in a nice way. She might have just like kind of implied it. But I mean, she couldn't have been out of there fast enough. And I get it. I understand what it's like to have to leave work or want to leave work and then other people come in. But you chose the job. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like when you become a waiter or a waitress and you have a section... Yeah, you might get annoyed, but but like, what are you annoyed that a tip is coming? How about this? I tip good. How about you're nice and cool and you deal with it and you're just a sweetheart about it and you do your job properly and guess what? You get a little tip and oh, sorry, you had to get home 20 minutes too late. You know, it just, it just, I don't know. That just annoyed the shit out of me. But whatever. I want to thank everybody who, um, who came out. We also ate, I also got somebody told me when I went to the radio station there, they said, go to the Blarney Stone to get a burger. It's like a $5 burger that you're not even going to believe how good it is. And me and Steve Rinaldi, Steve is the host this weekend. Me and him went there and it was insane. So I'm going to do you people a service right now. If you go to Syracuse, you go to Dinosaur Barbecue, and hopefully get a nice waiter or waitress. And then you go to the Blarney Stone and you get a burger there. Okay? It doesn't look like much. It looks like an old dive bar. You know, it, it looks like an old neighborhood dive bar. Okay? It looks, I mean, it didn't change in there. It looks like the. It looks like it's like 1982. Um, you know, it's just that old school wood and it's just bar. Smells like beer. It's just one of those where you walk in and you're going to go, this is going to be the worst thing. I had a New England clam chowder in there that I swear to God, I'll probably never forget. And I asked the guy, I go, man, because like they were promoting it hard. And I go, how's that New England clam chowder? I know what you're thinking, Paul. Did you really get a New England clam chowder from a, a pub in Syracuse? Yes, I did. And it was, the guy goes, it's delicious. Wait. He goes, just wait. You're in for a treat. And then I had that and the burger and it was insane. Okay, so the Blarney Stone guy was so cool. He made up for the dickhead who worked at Dinosaur Barbecue. But shows were great. Fans were great. Let's get to see what you guys wrote in this week. And then we will um, we will move on here. Okay? You guys listening to TVE 420. Here we go. This one from Jesse. 
And Jesse says, oh, even get the picture. Jesse's a good dude. I remember Jesse. Verzi, acceptable for the week. Getting four of my friends to go see one of my favorite comedians and all for abs uh, and all for absolutely love all four absolutely love it because uh, the comics killed. Uh, my friends and I had a blast of Friday night late show in Syracuse. I definitely love to take you up on the offer to hang out after the next show I get to. Oh, you were yeah, you're talking about like cigars or whatever. Uh, down in New York City, a decent amount. So let me know, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, at Gotham or somewhere else that way. Uh, keep up the great work, and hopefully I could catch another show. Attach the picture. Yes, you did. Thank you, Jesse. I remember you. Jesse listens to the Verzi effect. Oh, that's a good picture too. It's always nice when the fans send a picture. Um, thank you for coming out to the mall, Jesse. Here we go. This one is Ryan. And Ryan says, oh, this one says, shout out to Verzi. Got two quick points. Dude, you just gave me the key to endless happiness. Wow. Okay. Tell my wife that, Ryan, will you? I was listening back to a TVE from a couple years ago and happened to stumble across you talking about your steak recipe that you got from a friend. It might have been Alexis Guerrero's. It was Alexis Guerrero's. That's exactly who it was. This is the method you said. Uh, was so good, uh, you had your wife annoyed by the sounds you made when you took a bite. I put it <laughs> I put it in my notes a few weeks ago and popped it into my mind as I walked up uh, a grass-fed New York uh, strip steak last night. I seasoned that bitch up, did the hot sear, yep, on both sides, then you throw it in the oven, 450 but uh, six to seven minutes for a perfect medium rare. I'm writing this at six in the morning on Sunday after I passed out last night in blissful food coma after having the best steak of my life. No exaggeration, dude. You killed it with that recipe. As a diehard fan, I also happen to know your burger recipe, uh, which I ain't telling a soul. <laughs> Look up. Joe Pesci singing What a Wonderful World, the Louis Armstrong song. I had no idea this existed until I stumbled upon it on YouTube recently. I think you'll be able to appreciate how hilarious it is to hear Pesci <laughs> sing in a thick-ass Brooklyn accent. Take care, man. That's hilarious, Ryan. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't even realize that Joe Pesci was the one who discovered Frankie Valli. So Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons or whatever, like, like that was literally... Um, that was literally Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci started his career as a singer, you know, and um, and of course, obviously, he became this Oscar-winning act actor or whatever. But um, yeah, he was a singer, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yes, Alexis Guerrero's for you people that want to know. If you're new to the thing, I will tell you right now, and you better take notes, like Ryan. I'm not even kidding you. If you want to have the best steak, if you want to have um, the greatest steak experience, like a restaurant, like a great restaurant. Listen to me right now. I am giving you a gem here, okay? Because I'm not going to have you go back a couple years to listen to the, the steak, okay? So here you go. And you could thank uh, listener Ryan for this. But here's what you do. Alexis Guerrero. By the way, check out Alexis's, um, Alexis Guerrero and uh, Christian Polanco have a uh, soccer podcast on the football um on the soccer network. So you could check that out. Alexis also knows about, you know, pizza and he's a foodie and he uh, told me about steak. He bought me an Ironcast pan. Okay. And here's what you do, guys. I'm going to tell you right now, you will get a steak because I was one of those people who always said, you're not going to be able to get a good steak uh, if you don't go to a great restaurant. It's too hard. It's too hard to shop for it. It's too hard to deal with everything. You're never going to get the taste right. Just go to a great restaurant, spend the money, get your wine, get your sides, have a night out, and that'll be the steak. No, 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 no. Make no mistake. What I'm going to tell you right now, I will get you to the point where it's like a great restaurant or better. But you have to listen to me right now. So you have to get a cast iron pan. If you don't have a cast iron pan, you're already dead. Okay, don't try a frying pan and don't try the barbecue. You do it that way, it'll be okay, it'll be decent. You're not gonna, it's not gonna be what it should be. You gotta get the cast iron, the big, heavy um, iron pan, right? 
you get that going. Get it hot without putting the steak on for a while. Okay, just like a few minutes. Get it. Make sure the bottom of it is nice and hot. Then what you're going to do is you're going to go to the supermarket. Well, you're going to obviously have it first. You're not going to leave the... Yeah, I'm, I'm already causing a, a disaster. I'm already burning your house down. Assume you already went to the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Guys, leave your gas on and leave a cast iron pan on. Then go to the supermarket. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, okay? Kids, if you're listening, do not do that. You would already have gone to the supermarket and you have the meat at home. Then... You turn on the stove, you put the cast iron pan on there, you let it get hot for about three, four, whatever, minutes. In that time that it's getting hot, you are going to season one side of the steak with salt and pepper. Just nice salt and pepper. Some other people do other things. I don't. It was just salt, like fresh ground pepper and salt on one side. Then you put it on the stove, on the cast iron pan, you're going to hear it sizzling and it's going to be cooking and searing while you're doing that the side that's up you put salt and pepper on that one on now you turn the oven on to about 400 whatever you could even do 350 we did now i do 350 and i just let it sit there on bake for 350 preheating right now only cook the steak on one side for about two minutes each minute and a half two minutes okay then you flip it over. It'll be nice and seared on one side. You flip it over to the fresh side with the salt and pepper. Now that's seared. You put that there a minute and a half, two minutes. Now you have both sides nicely seared and the oven's starting to get hot. Poke holes all over the steak. Just poke holes all over it and then take butter and lay butter on top of it and let the butter sink in to the meat. And then you put it in the oven close it and go anywhere from if you like it rare medium rare i think like medium rare would be like three minutes three to four tops and then uh i mean rare would be like two three minutes and then medium rare would be like five six minutes something like that and then you take it out you let it sit by then all the juices are going and you will have an absolutely phenomenal phenomenal steak you don't need any sauces or anything like that so there you have it you could thank ryan for that had no intention of talking about that, but hey, why not? Sometimes you got to throw food out on a podcast. Why not? Uh, this is from Vincent, and Vincent is asking for advice. Here we go. All right, this is nice. We need it. It's been a while since somebody's asked, so let's see what we got. Hey, Paul, I saw you open for Bill a few months back, and more recently at Gotham, the new hour kills. Well, thank you very much, Vincent. Uh, this is my first time emailing and I need some advice. I'm in my 20s um, and balding. The hairline has receded a bit, um, but even worse, it's drastically thinning out over the past year. I don't think I want to mess with surgical procedures or medication. Uh, however, I'm nervous about shaving it. I hate the image. Uh, I hate to imagine everybody's first reaction to seeing me. Plus, I feel like I have a weird shaped head for the look. I'm considering buzzing it really short and seeing how it looks. Uh, but even that might look like shit. Since you're already a member of the club, do you have any advice on how to approach um, this massive issue? I don't want to look uh, 30 hours older that, I mean, I, th I think you mean 30 years older than I actually am. Thanks, brother. Um, well, here's the deal. If your head is fucked up, then that's... And I don't mean to be... I'm just saying, like, if your head is like... If you're like, I don't have a head for this. I'm I'm fortunate because I have, an, a, like, a round head. Thank God. Um, I've seen dudes shave their head and you're just like, shit, dude. I mean, you might need a fucking wig. <laughs> I don't know what your head looks like. Um, but I would say this for me, all I wanted to do was kind of keep the shadow or at least kind of keep what, like, you know, a little bit, um, or like stop it in its tracks. And I did something really smart, um, years ago and I just didn't stop using it. I actually used a Rogaine foam. Rogaine foam was, um, Rogaine foam is just a... You just take a little bit of it and you just kind of rub it in the area 
And um, what it does is it's not really going to grow back thick hair, but it'll stop the loss in its tracks. And then you'll get even like a little fuzz back to like, so like, so for me, it really worked. And I did it for like a couple of years. And I think that's why now, even when I rub my hand, you know, it's definitely um, more thin on top, but I still kind of have a line and I still have the shadow and like all that stuff. So it's like, if you rub it, if you, you know, but look, I've also, I also had my head buzzed from like young, like when I was like at a, like in my early, like even before I started ever losing any hair or anything like that, I always kind of had a really, so for me, it wasn't that dramatic. Um, it sounds like for you, it will be. So my advice would be Rogaine foam, just a little bit amount, read up on it. Um, I didn't have any effects to it. It didn't do anything, no side effects, nothing like that. Um, you know, didn't mess with the penis. So everything was pretty much okay with that. Um, you know what I mean? I would, it was just, you put a very little bit and it's literally like foam. It's, it's literally like, it just like, just disappears in a second. You just rub it on the area and then that's it. You wash your hands and then you do that twice a day, early in the morning and then at night. And then, and it just kind of stops everything in its tracks. Um, so you could do that. You could even... Uh, do a buzz cut low and then do the row gain so you really get it in there for a while and just see what happens um, but I will tell you if you are losing if you're losing your hair uh, it is a good time 2019 because it's getting better there's a lot of things look at what Br uh, Brian Erlacher and um, what's it called uh, Deion Sanders they were like bald bald and they literally have full heads of hair now there's a lot more things you can do that aren't like invasive. Like they used to have to cut a strip at your head out and take that. Now they don't. Now they just vacuum the hair out and put it on top um, if you want. So uh, there's a lot of different things you can do. What I would do is I would research it. I would look at all your options first and um, kind of, you know, slowly go into what you think is the most comfortable uh, for you. Thanks for the question. Um, and look, being, you know, having a shaved head and all that, it's fine. Just as long as... You know, I don't know what your head looks like. So that's that's the other thing. But, you know, look it up. And, and I think you'll be able to find pictures, something comparable to your... <laughs> I don't know if there's a head library online. But you know what I mean. So uh, thank you, Vincent. And uh, if anybody else has any kind of answers for Vincent on there, definitely uh, write in. You know, the, his question is basically his hair. He's in his 20s and he's... You know, his hairline's going back, but it's also getting thin. What does he do? There's a lot of stuff out there. Check out Keeps and uh, Hymns, too. All right, there you go. There you go. I think I did. I mean, I think that's good advice, I hope. Um, all right, so here we go. All right, guys, I am, I, I'm having an issue with the cat. I got some animal shit to talk about now. I'm having an issue with the cat. All right, my cat Stanley's waking me up every morning. He's waking me up, and I don't mean like he's waking me up because he's being loud or he's like meowing. He's hitting me. He's actually tapping my shoulder. He taps my forehead, and he taps my. I'm not even joking around. You guys think it's fun, like I'm. I'm trying to be funny. I'm not. My cat walks up to me. He sits down next to me. He looks at me, and then I hear him start to meow and and moan and do whatever the hell purring and all this. And then he literally starts to tap me tap my shoulder like, hey, dude, it's time to get up. You got to get up and you got shit to do for me. I need my insulin and uh, I need my food. Wouldn't you give me the insulin? And it's literally becoming that. It's like, I don't even know what to do. I literally yelled in my house. I go, Stan, you're fucking killing me. I said that and my dog just put his head up and looked at me like, you know, nobody's here and he can't understand you, right? Like, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because if it's not my kids up, if it's not my wife asking me some shit, I got a cat now that's tapping me on the shoulder. Can you believe that shit? I got a cat that is 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 basically tapping me to do chores. He can't talk and I know what he wants and then I feel like a piece of shit if I don't actually get up and do it because he's the one that needs insulin. Okay, so that's where I'm at right now. All right, I got a cat tapping me. I got all this shit going on and then here's the deal with the hamster. This is hilarious, by the way. So my daughter, for you guys that don't know, if you've seen my act, if you saw my special, uh, I talk about her in this one too a little bit. My daughter is different than my son in the fact that she just doesn't play at all. 
Like my daughter will just straight up tell you, you know, what it is. She's got this thing that actually, <laughs> she's got this thing that actually my father has. It's like a Sicilian thing where she just has no problem saying what it is, it, even if it's to, she just does. She'll just say it. She doesn't care. You know, she if she's upset, she'll just be like, Dad, you know what? I don't even want you right now. I want mom anyway. Like, where's mom? Like, she just has that. So she wanted this hamster very badly. Okay, and I think I told you guys, Stacy, my wife, was like, let's not get the hamster right away. And we didn't get into a big fight about it, but I was like, let's get the hamster. Let's just get the hamster. And my wife was like, well, she needs responsibility. And I said, well, we'll find out. I go, who knows if this thing is going to live three days or, or two hours or whatever. We'll find out if she's responsible with this thing. You know, worst case, we throw it in the yard, let the cats eat it. I'm kidding. But I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, let's just go to the pet store and see how she handles it. I said, well, her, her, two, her two best friends have a hamster. She keeps talking about the damn hamster. You know, let's get a hamster. So we get this hamster. You guys know the story of the hamster. And she loves the thing. Um, and then all of a sudden, I hear crying. And she tried to pick up her hamster. And this dickhead bit her. And he bit her and it drew blood. And she's crying and she has a bandit on it. And my daughter went Sicilian Mafia cold on this thing. She went from, oh, look, he's so cute, to, I swear to God, she goes, Daddy? And she looked at me, I go, what? She goes, Daddy, we're taking him back. And I go, what? She goes, yeah, let's pack him up. Let's take him back to the store. And I go, you want to get rid of him? She goes, yeah, let's do a guinea pig or something. This thing's gone. And I was just, I started laughing, and I was like, really? I was like, you don't want to even, she goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm kind of just done. So I wanted to see, I was like, let's give it a couple days. So I talked to my wife, and my wife was like, she's done, Paul. My wife goes, she is. I think she's done. And I was like, are you serious? And then she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah. So then I call her over. I go, Sophia, what do you think? Do you want to get rid of the hamster or not? She goes, yeah, I mean, he bit me. So, and like, I mean, I'm telling you, like this girl, like I thought I had that Sicilian pride shit, and my daughter is like, it's like, she's it's almost like dead to her. So then I put my hand in to try to grab this this thing, and this asshole bites me. Now, he was the fat, lazy one who just likes to sleep, which he likes to do, but he bites. He, I mean, this thing just bites, okay? It's not fun. We've yet You can't pick him up. The one time I picked him up, he jumped on the ground. Now, if I picked him up and he jumped on the ground, I would let my animals have at him. I'd be like, you know what? I tried to do the right thing by him, and it just is what it is, so he's gotta go. if he's got to go, he's got to go. Like, I have no problem letting this, let, I'm not going to, I'm not going to whack him. Like, we're not going to whack him. We're not going to make the order. We're not going to put a contract out on him. You know, my daughter's not going to go, hey, dad, I've been thinking about it. And Patrick's got to go. And then give me the wink and say, you know what I mean by got to go. Like, it's not, we're not there yet. Nor would we ever be there. We're not going to whack a hamster. However, I am not, I'm not, if this, if I try to hold this thing and clean its cage or do whatever, and he jumps and he's running around, I'm not going to be as quick and freaked out to get him because I was, I was looking out for this guy thinking, man, I can't believe it, man. We took this guy out of a, out of a, out of a pet store and now he's, you know, he's scared. He's lonely. No, he's a dick. He bites. He's selfish. He is remarkable in the fact that he's got two stories in his cage. He could go up through a tube and he's got like a little he's got like a little balcony loft up there. And he takes all of his food from downstairs and in like five minutes it's all upstairs. He actually stores it all. It's pretty amazing what he does. I mean, this thing is a worker. He's working. I'm gonna actually try to get some video on it, maybe, and put it on the um in the Patreon or whatever, but I got to tell you something, man, like he's a dick. He bit me. He bit my daughter. We can't. And she's like, I wanted And then she looked at me and she goes, daddy, I wanted a hamster so I could play with him. And he keeps biting. He's got to go. For a seven-year-old girl who loves a hamster and wanted it that bad to get cold like that was, was gangster. So that's, that's where we are with the hamster. I don't know what's going to happen with Patrick, but he needs to get his shit together. Or, and the funny thing is one of our cats knows he's there. We don't know if the other cat knows, but one of our cats knows he's there and he just stands there staring at him. And it's just so funny to me because I wish I could like, cause he's just going like, dude, dinner is right here. So we'll see what happens with that. Guys, I have to talk about something fascinating right now. Okay. 
if you guys know me, you know the podcast, you've seen some of my act, you know that I love crime shows, I love true crime, I love serial killer documentaries, I love crime documentaries, and I love like... Oh, this guy's been on death row for 21 years and he didn't do it. And then he gets exonerated. Like, I love that shit. I love it. Okay? So, I am watching now, because you guys know I talked about Dirty John. And uh, I am now watching the, I'm I'm sorry, listening to the Steve McNair um, murder podcast. It's called Fall of a Titan. All right. You do not have to know football or care about football to like, this is a true crime it's actually more interesting that he was a football star, but it's incredible. So Fall of a Titan is about quarterback Steve McNair, who played uh, a long time with the Tennessee Titans. He got drafted by the Houston Oilers, who then became the Tennessee Titans. He played the last couple of seasons of his career with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he was murdered in 2009 in his, in his condo. He had a condo. Um, his girlfriend, mistress, I should say, 20-year-old girl, apparently shot him while he was sleeping on his couch and then shot herself in the head, and it was a murder-suicide, and the Nashville Police Department closed the door on the case four days later. They said that's what it is, cut and dry. Well, uh, many people, not just her family, but his family, his mother, family and friends, um, a lot of people, an ex-Nashville cop, all say that that's not what happened, that he was they were both murdered by somebody due to things missing in his house, due to the timing of things, um, due to a lot of uh, cell phone calls back and forth with people. Um, and guys, I got to tell you something right now, okay? I This is probably one of the most, I mean, you know how I felt about certain ones, the imposter, Dirty John, um, a lot of a lot of either movies or podcasts on here that I said I'm giving this one. Like I will promise you, if you are interested in true crime, because it's basically like a podcast of who done it, and you're gonna go back and forth, and you're gonna think, um, you know. And I know this stuff fascinates people because when I had uh, Rachel um, Feinstein on the show, and she talked about um, what's it called, uh, Mine Hunter. People went. People started watching it and stuff like that. And 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 my brother got all ten books and stuff like that. But if you like true crime, you have to listen to and subscribe and download um, Fall of a Titan because you know two or three episodes in, you're gonna be like, oh, well, maybe she did do it. It sounds like she did it. Then like four or five episodes, you're like, no, she definitely didn't do it. Then you're like, oh man, who did it? And then like you're listening to all these people. I mean, I am. I mean, I've turned into a detective. Last night, I'm so obsessed, last night I actually was able to find online surveillance camera footage of his condo complex in 2009 where two trucks left, but uh, ironically and kind of crazy that he died, they think, around between 1.30 and 2 o'clock in the morning on 4th of July 2009, rest his soul. Footage of the um, surveillance skips from one to three. Isn't that ironic? And they're saying that this little petite twenty-year-old girl, who they said was afraid to cut an orange because she didn't want, she didn't like blood, she didn't like horror movies, she didn't like blood, she didn't do that. They're saying that she put two bullet holes in his chest, one in his heart, one in his lung, and then a bullet hole in each temple. So they're thinking murder suicide. That this girl. 20 years old, who was in love with this guy, whatever, he was giving money or whatever, also saying that he was going to leave his wife, you know, at first they were like, oh, she's, you know, she's never, he's never going to leave his wife, that's what she did, he's going to leave his wife, okay, she's telling her that, he's going to leave his wife or whatever, she was also maybe apparently like, not afraid to date other guys too, if, you know, if he was dating other people or whatever, so it it just seems, and apparently she always had access to his gun, because he had a gun, he had a gun in his truck. And they're saying she bought a gun. So, so what it is, and here's the thing: it's like, you know, why would you buy a gun if you're going to do a murder suicide anyway? Why would you go? And there's no footage of her buying a gun. So it's all these amazing things. But would if you were going to do a murder suicide, would you shoot the person a double tap, two kill, chest shots, and then one in each temple, and then shoot yourself in the head if you're a 20 year old girl who's never fired a gun before? And they said the shots were precise. So, 
I'm fascinated by it. They're saying she did it. You know, Nashville PD saying she did it. It's unbelievable. There's so many different characters. I guessed like three people did it during it. Now I think I definitely know who did it. I know that sounds ridiculous and so silly, but I feel like that could be the case. Um, so anyway, uh, you are welcome. This podcast is all about advice. Okay. This is, uh, you know, I told you what to do with the steak. I told you what to look up if you're, if you're losing your hair. And now I'm telling you what podcast to listen to. It's about 10 episodes, 35, 40 minutes each. And I mean, you become a detective during this thing. I was sitting in my car, put it this way. I drove four hours Saturday night back home from, from Syracuse. I did not sleep in Syracuse comfortably and wake up Sunday and come home. A, because I didn't want to be in the car four hours on a Sunday away from my family. And B, because I was excited to listen to over three plus three hours of this crime podcast. I was willing to take a drive at midnight for four hours in order to listen to it. And I got to tell you something, the drive at night from Syracuse to where I live sucks. And if it was another two hours, I would have been fine with that because I would have finished the podcast. That's how good it is. Fall of a Titan, you are welcome. You have to check it out. And the funny thing is when you watch these crime things and you listen, you start like painting the picture in your head. You're like, oh, here's what happened. I, I did that joke back in the day where I was like, I overthink everything. I'll like watch a, I'll watch a trial and I like overthink it. I'm like, oh, the judge did it. Look, the judge, you start thinking of all this. The bailiff and the judge did it. And they, <laughs> you know, um, but check it out. It's really, really um, awesome. And it raises a lot of questions. And it makes you feel like it's scary that if a police department or a town or a mayor doesn't want to look bad or it would look really bad if they kind of did botch a, a case or botch a crime scene. And then sometimes they're like, oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this is the case here, but, you know, think about it. People's jobs are at stake, mayor, this and that, political, and you botch a crime scene and you screw it up. And then people think, well, the people are gone anyway. What's it matter? But it's like, no, people's reputation, her family, you know, imagine it. Imagine if the girl didn't do it. Imagine if the girl didn't do it. Now, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm still 50-50. I'm 60-40 right now. No, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm I'm 65-35 or 70-30 that he was murdered by, that they were both murdered by somebody, I would say. But let's just say that this girl's whole thing is her whole name, her reputation, her family name, all that stuff. She's known as the as the woman that killed Steve McNair in his sleep and then turned a gun on herself, murder, suicide. If she didn't do that, that's hard for the family. And you want to get to the bottom of it. You want to know what's up. But I got to be honest. If I'm going to kill somebody and then myself, I don't think I'm going double tap to the chest, then one side of the temple, then go around to the other side of the head and do that. Like that just seems to me like a lot. I don't know. I don't know. But you never know. So that there you go. Fall of a Titan. All right, guys. Last thing I want to talk about on this thing is this incredible um, baseball series that is the Yankees and the Houston Astros. Um, this is to go to the go to the World Series. Uh, I am nervous. We went to the bottom of the 11th. We should have won the game. It's driving me nuts. Um, it's funny how all the scenarios go in your head. You become, just like when you watch a documentary on crime, you become either a prosecutor or a defense attorney. When you watch an important baseball game or an important football game in the playoffs with like championship implications and all that stuff on the line, then you start to become a coach. You're like, why is he taking him out? No, 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 no. Why would you take him out right here? He's on fire. And then the next guy comes in and gets three strikeouts in a row. And you're like, oh, because he was probably tired. You know what? He's the manager. He knows better than me. Then the ninth inning. Why would he bat here? Why would he? Then he hits a home run. And the guy goes, oh, lefty on lefty. Really great move. You're like, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, so I'm a comedian who's telling a dick joke in Jersey tonight. I'm going to leave it to that guy. Um, but really, really intense game. And now uh, today at 4 o'clock, Tuesday at 4 o'clock today, 
uh, we go game three. And we have the next three in um, New York. But if they win one of those three, then then it goes back to... Uh, I mean, we have to win one, but then it would go back to uh, Houston. So it's definitely scary. Um, I think the Yankees are good enough to win, but they have really smart... Uh, good pitching. So I, as much as I hate to say this, this might go six or seven, and it's gonna really kill me. This one's gonna, uh, this one's gonna have me pacing around the TV like a lunatic. And my wife is, you know, I'm not. My wife has a tendency to ask me to do something at a bad time sometimes. Um, you know, like it'll be like, you know, like here comes a three-two pitch. Bases are loaded. He's got nowhere to put them, and the game is tied. Folks, this could determine who is going to the World Series. Will the Yankees make another appearance at the World Series? Babe, babe, did you, did you, did you get fish food? I'm like, what? Did you see that pitch? <laughs> he hit him in the head. He hit <laughs> Just like, no, what? No, she's not that, but she's she's been good. She knows if she knows if like I'm into a Nick game or if there's a Yankee game. I mean, she knows the Knicks are gonna lose, so she'll just roll her eyes. But she knows I care. Um, but yeah, like th- these next couple of games are like there's no talking. There's no talking in the house, and that's it. Uh, my fantasy football team sucks. I'm one in five with my son. I tried to make a move. It seems like all the buttons I'm pushing are wrong. I need to turn this thing around. Um, but that's really annoying too. So I don't know what else, uh, what else to tell you, but, um, I got some cool news guys. It looks like next week I will be going into a studio. It's not going to be live, but we're going to be going into a studio shooting the first super fans podcast with me and Jerry Ferrara. I'm super, super excited about that. And, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I was on, um, I was on the NFL networks, um, Good Morning Football, and on the air, when I was saying goodbye to them on the air, Nate Burleson uh, was like, hey, Verzi, let me get on the podcast. Let me get on the show. And I was like, and that's sick, man. Nate is on, you know, he's on CBS, um, you know, Football Today with Boomer Esiason and Phil Sims and all those guys, like on on network. Um, yeah, it's like network. It's like national. And then he's on, um, you know, Good Morning Football. Such a great dude. Uh, those are really good people, man. And uh, so Nate Burleson is going to be on the show. Um, he'll probably be on this one and the one that we do with Jerry, but he's the best. So uh, stay tuned for that. Guys, I'm excited to announce a couple of places down south that I'm going. And um, I've been growing in Atlanta, but I've not been to Houston. I am doing both. So please, guys, come out to the Atlanta Punchline. I'm going to give you guys the exact dates here, okay? Come out to the Punchline in Atlanta, which is November um, 14, 15, and 16, okay? So it's Thursday the 14th, Friday 15th, and Saturday um, the 16th. Please check me out at the Punchline Comedy Club in Atlanta, Georgia, I love that spot. And then November 21st to um, November 23rd, I will be at the Houston Improv. Okay, so so guys, Atlanta, come out. I'm telling you right now, the new hour is stronger than the special. It's going great. And um, yeah, you guys, this will be either the third or fourth year in a row. So please keep coming out. I love, I love, um, I love the people out there. And uh, it's such a great club. And it's such, uh, I can't wait to see everybody over there. So please come out to that. And Houston, I'm coming out for the first time. Houston Improv, check that out. Um, I know that November 14th is a while from now, but I'm actually going to be having surgery, guys. I wasn't going to talk about it on a podcast, but I will talk about it because I don't know if people are going through it and if it could help people. But apparently, um, I'm getting I'm getting no air and oxygen from my left nostril. And so I don't know if, it, like, I guess you could say deviated septum, but like mine is like, a, I don't know if it's from an injury when um, I basically shattered the top of my nose playing football when I was in like ninth grade and it got repaired, but 
I went to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, and he was just like, dude, how have you been living like this? And I was like, and he was like, he was like, do you move a lot on stage? And I said, I do. And he goes, and do you ever like get shortness of breath on stage when you move a lot? And I said, I do. And he goes, do you know why? And I was like, well, I guess you're going to tell me. And he was like, Paul, you're getting no air through your left nostril. He's like, so you're basically, you breathe through your mouth and you're breathing through your right nostril. You might might be getting 5% of air out of your left nostril. He goes, I just can't believe you've been living like this. You have no idea that there's such a... Ha- I, he said this to me and it actually made me not emotional, but like I just... I, definitely not emotional, but made me kind of be like, well, where the fuck was other doctors? Because one doctor was like, oh, like years and years and years ago. This one doctor goes, oh, you got a little bit deviated septum. It goes over to the left. Ah, but dude, you never have to fix that. Don't worry about it. It's like this old guy who was about to retire. He probably just didn't want to schedule the fucking thing. And this doctor actually said to me, he goes, I can't believe you've been living like this. When you get that fixed, you're just going to be a happier person in life. And when he said that, I wanted to be like, oh, I'm glad to know that for fucking 20-something years, you know, know, 28 years, whatever it's been, um... But, you know, I don't obviously, so basically, I'm telling everybody, another thing of advice, um, we're going to name this one Some Advice. That's what the name of this podcast is, Some Advice. Um, But yeah, if you go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, like, he was going to check, I was having problems with my throat, and I was like, you know, you guys remember, I talked about it, I'd be like, my throat gets dry, and I get it, because I'm yelling on stage five, six hours a weekend. And if I have a cigar and all that, it's obviously going to, you know, make your throat rough. But it was happening in this weird way and in a way that I didn't think was normal. So I go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. I have them check my ears and everything. And they tried to like, you know, they put a tube in your nose, down your throat. And he just couldn't do it on the left side. And then I went for a second opinion and the guy was like, oh my God. So basically at the end of October, I'm having that surgery done and I'm going to be out of commission probably for like a week and a half. Um, you know, and, uh, hopefully knock on wood, learning how to breathe properly again. So, um, that's why, but, uh, there you go, Atlanta. I'll have, I'll be ready to go. I'll be breathing better. So come out to the punchline. Um, uh, let me know if any of you ever had that surgery, you want to write in or whatever like that, but apparently mine's so bad. Like I almost don't have a choice. Like I could do it, but I would actually be doing myself a huge disservice and, and doing uncomfortable shit. So There you go. There you have it. This is episode uh, 420 TVE. Thank you guys so much. Check out Fall of a Titan. And um, I will talk to you guys uh, next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in.